have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey, you've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. And as always, we have a very lectual show for you today. This episode is going to be all about open relationships and the swinging lifestyle. To help me with this discussion, I invited some of my favorite lifestyle experts, John and Jackie Melfi of Open Love 101. The Swinging Powerhouse was recently featured on CNN in an episode of This Is Life, hosted by Lisa Ling as they talked about their experiences in the swinging lifestyle. Today, we're going to talk about what being in the lifestyle actually means and what it means to them specifically, how media coverage of swingers has gone more mainstream in recent years, and their advice for what couples need to do when they first enter the lifestyle. And later in today's show, as usual, I'll be answering some questions from you, the audience, during Letters to Lexi. If you want me to give you some lectual advice with the bonus help of my special guest or guests each week, write into me at Lexi at SDC.com and connect with me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. Before we start our chat with John and Jackie, I want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you can also access the world's largest lifestyle dating platform. Use my special promo code 7070 to get two months free at sdc.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. So get ready to fearlessly embrace your lectuality with Jackie, John, and I. Let me tell you a bit more about our special guest today. John and Jackie Melfi identify as being swingers and are in an open relationship. This dynamic duo are the driving force behind ColletteClubs.com, a swingers club brand located in Dallas, New Orleans, Houston, and Austin. So if you're down south, you're going to want to check that out. John has been in the swinger club industry for 20 years, and when he and Jackie met, they expanded the business in order to reach and educate more couples than singles curious about the lifestyle. They own the award-winning lifestyle blog, Open Love 101. where you can find blogs, podcasts, and videos from John and Jackie as they coach couples on the lifestyle. There are also amazing contributors on sdc.com where you can also find lots of resources about the swinging lifestyle and open relationship. And John and Jackie recently developed the Newbie Lifestyle Club Guide, which I really love, and gives you lots of info about what to do and what not to do when you're in a swingers club. So after this, go check out their ebook on openlove101.com. Welcome to my show. Hello, John and Jackie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Lexi. Thanks for having us today. We are excited about what's going to happen. <laughs> that intro, I am worn out. I have a lot going on. <laughs> right? It's like, man, I do all that. <laughs> yeah, you do. And you do it well. And, uh, you know, you were recently interviewed on CNN by Lisa Ling. And that was a fantastic piece. I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I thought it really gave an interesting look into the life lifestyle. And you were wonderful. I loved hearing about your relationship and how you got started, how you, you know, knew each other since, uh, since high school. And then fate just kind of, you know, eventually brought you back together and you started to explore swinging. We did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, I, I had been in the lifestyle pretty much all my life, but Jackie 
had been in a long-term, a couple of long-term marriages and never had broached the subject until she met me. And of course, because I own swingers clubs, it was a <laughs> major topic of discussion. <laughs> and an interesting one too, not all couples get to talk about that kind of thing or get to experience what it is that we experience. I am also in the lifestyle, so I completely understand how that is. My partner is as well. So I, I know the some of the unique challenges that couples can face with that. And I know you've experienced your own too. I want to hear more about your first ever swing experience and how that made you feel like how did you get into having that discussion and get and, and venturing forth into it Jackie <laughs> <laughs> um, well you know like John said I I was brand new to this whole concept of swinging yeah you know it was it was just so outside the box I just couldn't figure out like how do you how do you really make that work I mean can you really be in a relationship with someone yet still have this kind of no fences um, mentality to to a relationship so I don't know if it was because of my age or just my history but at that point when John and I reconnected I was kind of ready to do something different um, you know, it's, it was probably an easier segue for me that he owned swingers clubs because, was, you know, that was his livelihood. It was going to be something I was going to be dealing with. So it kind of gave me a platform to jump off of to, to research it, you know. And this was something that was going to be in our relationship if I decided to pursue that. So it was months into our relationship. I'd done some research and uh, I had told John several times that I thought I was ready to kind of make a fantasy that I had had into a reality. And, and that would be a threesome, you know, every time John would set it up, we'd get like right to the edge of that. And I would pull back and be like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> I don't know how many times he had to schedule something, cancel it. And we would reschedule cancel. I don't know. But then one night, um, several months into our relationship, I don't know, there was just kind of some kind of a switch that that clicked with me. And I said, you know what, let's schedule something like right this second before I change my mind. And, and so John did. I mean, he was able to pull that off. And I remember driving to the location where we were going to meet this guy. And I had just this flood of emotion going on. You know, there's that, there's that, <laughs> concept where fear and excitement elicit the same physical emotion in us. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was. I was just kind of in this place of, oh, am I really going to do this? There's something kind of cool with the fact that I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. There's something kind of weird that I'm going to do this. You know? So it was this kind, of, this kind of battle. But I really, you know, I pushed myself because it was something I wanted to know at the end of the day. Was it something I was going to enjoy or was it something I wasn't going to enjoy? And, it, you know, the only way I was going to know that is if I did it. So, so I decided, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take responsibility for the choice. And uh, we did it. And, of course, it turned out fantastic. And kind of the rest is history. On the drive home from that uh, meeting, I was – so excited for Jackie. And the, and the one thing she'd said was it just, it made her feel so empowered. And that's really the first time I'd ever heard a woman say that. And, you know, women really have this strict, narrow societal guideline about how they're supposed to have sex. And for someone to be able to 
to do something outside the box like that and then to feel empowered by it was, was really exciting for me. And it just really made me happy that, that she felt that way. I think you touched on something crucial there too, uh, other than empowerment, which I'm going to circle back to in a sec, but you got to that point where you were almost ready and then you pulled back. So basically, I'll just say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the reasons this beautiful scenario uh, was probably so pleasurable for you was because you were finally ready to do it. You had reached that point. And I think that's really important that when people are getting ready to enter the lifestyle, if they feel that trepidation, right, and they're not really ready to do it, that it's best to just wait until you actually are ready. Yes. Well, and that works That works from both sides. You know, when I tell the story, I can t- tell that story with ease about how I pulled back from it. And that had a lot to do with John's response. If John had said, like, what the heck is wrong with you? You said you were ready to do this, and yeah. now you made me cancel, <laughs> and now I'm out. I would have probably pulled back even more. So the fact that he was patient and he – he let the speed of our relationship go as fast as the slowest person, which was me. And, and I, I think because of that, I was able to leave that interchange, get in the car that night, and just be like, can you believe that? And have his support. You know, it, it was really pivotal. Oh, that's so beautiful. And that empowerment that you mentioned, that feeling, I know I understand it very well. And I've never been as empowered as I I am now uh, to explore my sexuality or my lexuality, if you will. If I weren't in the lifestyle, I would never have experienced some of these fantastic things that I've experienced. And that's, you know, some of what I get out of being part of the lifestyle. What else do you as a couple and as individuals feel like you get out of being? in the swinger lifestyle above and beyond business of course because obviously your business is super intertwined with the lifestyle right but what do you get on a personal level (laughs) i don't even know i don't even know where i would stop with that list seriously it's so funny because john and i were just talking about this yesterday i mean the the level of empathy compassion trust honesty communication uh, just is is endless uh, and boundless. I mean, he's he's my partner, but he also he gets to be my best friend. We hear that all the time, you know, like oh, my partner's my best friend. But I mean, he's like literally my best friend because I can tell him those things that you reserve for your best friend, those secret hidden agendas maybe that you have, or those those secret crushes that you have on other people that you know that you can you know, entrust that best friend with. John is that person for me, you know. So I get to take these, these thoughts or feelings or visions, fantasy, you know, whatever you want to call them, and I get to talk to him about it. And then we get to decide how we want to move forward with that. And, you know, we talk about our partners being our greatest allies. This relationship has showed me what that really means. Right. And, and, and for me, I was sharing with Jackie yesterday that the, the freedom she gives me to be who I am, it just, it means so much to me. I, I, in other relationships that I've been in over the years, I haven't had that. It's, it's the ball and chain relationship, you know, where you, you really have to temper so many things about yourself. And with Jackie, I can be completely honest about who I am as a man and she accepts me no matter, no matter what I am. And uh, that's, that's a great feeling to have in a relationship. Of course. I mean, we, 
none of us want to be judged and and we don't want to be judged for, you know, things that other people might find shameful, like the fact that we want to have sex with other people, the fact that maybe we have a particular kink or fetish. And the last thing you want is for to feel like your partner is judging you for those things. So it's really great that you have that openness. You're each other's best friends. You're, you know, your partners, your partners in a lot of areas of life. I think it's just really awesome that you both get to be your authentic selves, which I think a lot of people really wish they could achieve, but are really not there. You mentioned empowerment and we talked a bit about how you both as a couple, like what you're getting out of the lifestyle by being together, exploring it together. But as a woman, and I know Jackie were recently featured uh, in ASN's Influential Women of the Lifestyle Issue. And I read your interview. It was fantastic. And I want to know for you as a woman in the lifestyle, what is that like for you versus what other people think it's like for other women in the lifestyle? I've been told before by people that they think that their male partners in heterosexual relationships push them into it and stuff like that. And how, you know, women are more jealous creatures. I've heard a lot of things that I know are misconceptions. I know you have experience the same thing. So what is it like for you versus what, you know, other people think they know? You know, I've heard those same kind of stigmas <laughs> attached to, you know, when, when people outside of the, the open relationship concept try to inflict on, you know, to kind of make sense in their own head of like how these women are able to do this. And, you know, actually before I, before I completely understood swinging, I would have had a lot of those same stigmas floating around. And you're like, oh, these poor women, this, <laughs> these, this poor couple, they just don't understand. Uh, what I have found f- for me being in um, an open relationship is this voice, this um, woman that was kind of hidden deep within me, um, that, that I place there as a protection mechanism, you know, from society's view. You know, there was this, John touched on it earlier, there was this role I was to play if I was going to be accepted into society. And we all know it. I mean, we all know what that is. There's this certain level of virginity that women are supposed to endlessly carry with them. Even if they're married, there's still this decorum we're supposed to have about ourselves and whatever um, sexuality that we have is you know endlessly described as something wild or something masculine it's something that we don't get to own it's something that's really outside of ourselves or maybe we have some kind of an issue and so being introduced to this lifestyle and, and being encouraged by my partner to really kind of unlatch that box and let that powerful sexual woman out uh, changed a lot of who I am at my core, you know, not at my core. I finally got to recognize that core and be okay with it and, and bring it out into the open and say, you know what? I'm done having you tell me who I am. I'm going to tell you who I am and I'm going to be proud of who I am and you can accept it or you cannot accept it. But this is this is what it is, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was astounding how that catapulted me just kind of out to the stratosphere. I mean, I think that's one reason why you know I got so engrossed in the lifestyle along with John. I could see now why he loved it as a business. 
I did too. There was, you know, there was a message I felt like I wanted to get out there because I knew I wasn't the only woman that felt like that. You know, once I was introduced to it, just, you know, we talk about empowerment and that's great, but it's about being able to own who we are, to, to take that 100% responsibility of who we are as women and say, yes, we are sexual. No, I mean, yes, we love emotions and all that, but we also, that's not our, you know, that's not just the only way we operate. I love that. Yeah, I do too. And you know, it's recently we did a uh, radio show or podcast with uh, a celebrity that was hosting the podcast and we finished our segment and we didn't listen to it until a couple of weeks later. And after we got done talking, this group of women were on there talking about how sad they felt for Jackie that she was being manipulated and to do this and what a horrible thing for her for John to do to her I mean it was like what? <laughs> I can't believe that we gave the interview and then they turned it around on us like that it sucks because as women we're told by society like you said who we should be and you know we're not able to express ourselves and I know for myself I've also you know had I've been very open with my sexuality for my whole life but being in the lifestyle did something completely different to me and being in the lifestyle I get to be that person that I truly am like that authenticity we were talking about right and living our best lives and living the life that we want that we created for ourselves empowerment for me is so it's so much about what works for one person might not be the same for another what you find empowering I might not find empowering for me personally it's about finding that but the lifestyle I find gives you space to be able to discover what that is for you I agree I agree so we're just going to take a really quick break and when we get back we're going to be talking about is swinging in the media going mainstream? For now, I'm just going to tell you all a little bit about the world's largest sex ed platform, SDC.com, where you can find loads of information about sex, health, and relationships. You can watch videos, listen to podcasts, and read articles from professionals all around the world, like Dr. Jess, Sunny Megatron, Dr. Elizabeth Sheff, and my guest today, John and Jackie Melfi of Open Love 101. As a bonus, I'll just add my name in there, throw it into the mix. You can also find some lectures resources on stc.com that I've contributed. So check those out later. Now, uh, John, Jack, and I were talking about uh, the beauty of the lifestyle. I feel this is like a love letter to the lifestyle because it has done such wonderful things for us. And I know that it can do wonderful things for other people too. And I think that a barrier to other people kind of wanting to venture into the lifestyle, a lot of the time is those negative portrayals in the media of, you know, swingers, right? Which is why I think it's great that Lisa Ling did this this wonderful episode that really covered, in my opinion, a lot about the realities of the lifestyle. And so I'm curious, when they first approached you to do this piece, how did you react to that? How did that all come about? <laughs> they, they reached out, I think, to a number of couples. They wanted to find a couple they could feature. And you know, it's a difficult thing in our lifestyle because most couples that are in this lifestyle to whatever degree don't want to be on camera. And so they didn't really have much of a pool to choose from, but they interviewed us over the telephone uh, and they said it went well. And then a couple of weeks later, they said they've selected us to, to do the episode on. Uh, we were very excited about it, although there's always a little trepidation. I have been a part of negative press uh, 20 years ago and anytime someone asked to do something, you know, even recently, like I said, we had that, we did that podcast and there was some 
negative comment afterwards. So there was some trepidation, but I really felt like her program over the years has really been positive with some uh, different topics that might be construed negative by the mainstream population. So, yeah, you know, like John said, we'd had enough articles and we'd been involved enough with, with that, that we knew the automatic lean was towards only the sex part of, of what we're doing and, you know, how nefarious we all are. And so to be able to talk with them and say, you know, this is, this is the direction that we're hoping that you're wanting to go. And if it is the direction that you're wanting to go, then yes, we do want to be involved in it. But we were also prepared to say, we want no part of it if you're only going to come at it from, from that stigmatized standpoint. So it was exciting. Because, yeah, we have had other shows contact us over the years, and, and it's the standard, we want you to get ready like you're going on a date, and go out and meet your date, and then come back to the house and have sex with them, and we want to go through that whole process. Yeah. And that's not what we're really, there's so much more to our relationship than just that part, so... And you really just, I mean, touched on a key point right there. It's about, it's not just about sex. So a huge misconception about the lifestyle is that it's all just about sex, but I've learned it's all about connection. You know, people who are in the lifestyle who are single will experience it differently than, than couples, right? But as a couple in the lifestyle, there is a whole relationship going on in the background when you are meeting other people who are also themselves in other relationships. So there's really a lot going on on a level that is not sexual yet. When you first meet someone, it's not all just like, okay, let's go and let's do it. Sometimes it could be like that, but for the most part, that is not the case. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, this uh, this wonderful CNN piece, you know, really did tap into some of those um, relationship fundamentals and the things that, you know, you both get out of being in the swinging lifestyle as a couple. What else would you like to see the mainstream media cover as far as the swinging lifestyle when it comes to what it really is like for a couple to open up their relationship? Hands down for me, the relationship side of it. You know, I always say when you're talking about having sex or being intimate with someone other than your partner, the degree in which the relationship with your partner has to be is so deep to be able to wrap your head around going out and being able to have that same kind of intimacy with someone else. And that really gets missed. The only thing we want to focus on is the sex side of it. And there can be, like you said, a huge amount of gratification that can come from that because, you know, you end up learning. It's like anything else, you know, the the more variety you have, the more opportunity you have to, to learn things about yourself and other people and your, the world around you. Your, your world gets very huge, um, but uh, it, it teaches you how to interact, not just with your partner, but with yourself, how to work your way through difficult situations. That's the side that I really think people need, need help with. I don't care what kind of a relationship model you have, what the open relationship model really embraces. I think the, across the board, any relationship model, whether it's open or whether it's your more traditional monogamous relationship, they're going to benefit from the open platform. Because we're saying, be honest, be vulnerable, let's talk about it, let's put it on the table. Uh, I don't care how deeply seated you've got that thing buried within you, let's, let's unearth it and see so that you can, you know, you can grow. 
I mean, I think it's a beautiful side of, of our relationship model and it gets overlooked. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you mentioned interacting with each other, right? And I know that the entire Open Love 101 brand is so focused on communication within your couples, how to talk to your partner, how to handle situations when swinging goes wrong. Because like any other relationship, things go wrong in relationships. We need to be able to, you know, identify what those are and try to fix them to create, you know, a healthier environment that's good for everybody involved, uh, no matter what your relationship model is. Those are like the basics of a healthy relationship in general. What are some of those other fundamental components that you feel a couple really needs to learn in their relationship even before they venture into swinging to like kind of maybe set a good, to set a good foundation uh, for opening up a relationship in which things could potentially go awry and you have to have that base to be able to go back to your partner and say, hey, you know, I feel comfortable telling you that, you know, I would have preferred it to go like X, Y, and Z, or I didn't really like that or whatever. Yes. You know, you mentioned communication and communication is a two-way street. It takes someone sharing what they need to share and the, and the other partner needs to be able to listen. So listening is important to learn how to listen to someone else and be supportive and non-judgmental, don't react, you know, so, so there have been relationships that I've been in where you share something with your partner and the immediate reaction is anger, resentment, fear may crop up. So then those um, uh, emotions, fear, for instance, we really have to learn how to work on that, I think. And sometimes that has to do with our self-esteem. Um, a lot of us, you know, at some point in our life have low self-esteem it's important in our type of relationship to really learn how to build that self-esteem. Uh, something that we have both worked on, in, you know, in our uh, time together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I mean, <laughs> that listening to your partner actually hearing what they're saying and understanding that what they're telling you is important to them mm -hmm. in some way you have having to address that and making sure that you know you're both kind of on the same page that takes a lot of practice right um and you know when things kind of go wrong in a swinging relationship you know for example someone goes a bit further than they might have you know uh, they might have talked about going somebody experiences jealousy and then you know they want to stop what's going on what is one of the first things that a couple should do after experiencing a scenario that is maybe just not pleasant or as pleasant as it should be? Well, probably back off for a moment and take some time to think about what happened and then be able to communicate about it. Let's really find out what happened, why this, uh, you know, why when you were pushing the boundary, why it caused me to feel a certain way. Uh, maybe pinpoint that fear because we can pinpoint the fear, then we can confront the fear and move through it. Um, and if it's, if we're not ready to confront that fear at that point, then maybe take a couple steps back. And it's important for both people in the relationship to be understanding to that and to try to work through it together. It's not something you do on your own. That's for sure. We're talking about relationships, uh, you know, a man and a woman, you have to work on those things together. And I think that gets missed sometimes. It does. You know, I think one of the hardest things to remember when we're in the middle of a fear is that our partner is our ally. Uh, because we're in that fear, we want to take this defensive stance and now all of a sudden our partner is our opponent and that changes the rules of that kind of scenario. You know, it, we're going to be much more likely to view whatever our partner is doing much more harshly than we would if we're like, oh, we've got this, 
central issue and we've got to work together to solve it uh, instead of uh, that blame game. And, you know, it's difficult to do when you're in the middle of that to Mm. to stop yourself. And that's why this ally mentality really needs to be at the forefront. Because here's the thing, a lot of, of those couples, you know, when you're new to this, you're new to this. So you have no frame of reference. You're doing something completely different from, you know, maybe how the relationship has been going up until that point, how you were raised, your thought patterns, your beliefs. And then not only do you have all of that from yourself, but you have all that from your partner. And now we're going to, we're going to throw ourselves into this thing and we're going to, we're going to do something different. So it's about being, patient with yourselves. It's about knowing that you have got to build a file. And this is how I always conceptualize it. I have this file cabinet in my brain, right? So I have all of these beliefs. I have to, I have to take that file out and I have to open it up and I have to start tossing some of those things. But then I have to have this other file where I'm putting things in it. And part of what goes in the, the file of opening up the relationship is great experiences. Yes. Uh, safety. I need to know I can go to John with my vulnerability and he's going to be loving and accepting of that. That builds a positive memory. The more I do that, the more practice that you give yourself, the more that file becomes substantial. And then the, maybe the next time or the next time or the 10th time that you do this thing, because it, it's repetitive, then uh, maybe that fear, you realize you've gone through that situation and you didn't, you know, it was okay. It, everything was safe and everything was good and, and now we're deeper and now it gets to be this joyful thing that we share together. Even those times that feel like they're stressful, there's still joy in that too because that means you're not giving up and you're still working together. So I think it's just so important. And for people who are new to the lifestyle, understanding that, you know, stumbling blocks will happen, you know, practice does make perfect. Couples who've been in the lifestyle for years still make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We're human. It happens. And we all evolve over time. And our relationship evolves over time. What you might want, you know, when you first start swinging might be different 10 years later. When you're talking to someone who's new to the lifestyle. There are some little tips and guidelines, though, to keep things running uh, smoothly, especially for those first experiences to make sure you do have those pleasurable experiences. And I say pleasurable, not just on a sexual level, but also on a relationship level, on a personal level, on all the levels that uh, contribute to us having a good time, which is really the whole point of being in the lifestyle to have a good time. So we're going to talk a little bit about that right after this little break. And after the next segment, we're going to be talking about those great tips. John and Jackie have lots of great things to say. So for all of you who are listening, who want to know a little bit more about how to maybe get started in the lifestyle, or maybe you're just about to venture in before you do, here are some really great tips that we will cook up for you to smooth the transition. But first, I want to invite all of you sexy globetrotters out there to fulfill your wanderlust with 
STC Travel, where you can enjoy an adventure with other like-minded couples. Check out our annual trip to Greece, where we'll be lavishing in the sun on the vibrant island of Crete. Indulge in the all-inclusive luxury event resort in the Mediterranean, where you can eat, drink, bury your skin, swim, and play like Greek gods and goddesses. If you're seeking adventure and the erotic allure of hidden coves, naked beaches, and our SDC theme nights and playrooms, join us this May 2020 for our SDC takeover of Crete. Book your rooms now at sdc.com slash travel. Now, before we get to our letters to Lexi, which are also going to be immensely helpful for all of you uh, with the advice that John and Jackie are going to be contributing, I just have a couple more questions. So this newbie guide to lifestyle clubs, what a fantastic resource. It's beginning a lot of really great traction on SDC. You have your ebook available on openlove101.com that people can uh, can sign up for. Over the years, John, you've been doing this forever. You have seen what, you know, you can definitely identify when a new couple walks into the club versus an experienced couple, right? You see like yeah. kind of the knees knocking together. They're looking around. They don't know what to expect. Maybe a little bit of shock on their face. <laughs> so when you were cooking up this guide, what were some of the things that you were thinking about in, in terms of how this could help other couples navigate swinger clubs and really start to enjoy their experiences? Yeah, you know, for sure, over the years, there are couples that come in and, and occasionally they don't have a very good experience. And I tr- try to myself personally, when I just had one club and today, uh, you know, I meet with my managers and staff on a regular basis to discuss with them how to help a couple that is going through something that, that, that you know, a lot of very good experience because we, we want them, whether or not they come back to the club, to be able to get along after that. And, and things can happen that can cause couples to freak out. Like Jackie said, they're new to this. They don't, they don't know what to expect. And so probably the number one thing we tell people going to a club or party the first time is don't have any expectations. Really keep those low. Yes. The only, the, what you really want to do is to go there with your partner and have a good time with your partner, just like you would go out to a regular nightclub. Uh, and then, you know, secondly, what I see happen uh, where it may be a bad experience is because they haven't, they've overstepped their boundaries. Well, they don't have any boundaries, and so then they just, you know, go all in, and that can cause a lot of anxiety, and then you've got someone storming out of the club upset because of what they saw their partner doing. <laughs> so it's important to have boundaries, and once you do have those set, and, and, and don't expect to ever even have to get to that point, but if you do, you know, you have a boundary there, and then don't cross it. You know, you really have to learn how, you have to, to trust your partner and trust each other to be respectful of those boundaries when you go into the club. Yeah, for sure. Here's the other thing. Our clubs are BYOB. So, you know, one of the things that, that I always kind of want to point out is, you know, alcohol can make you lose your inhibitions. And if you're doing something brand new that maybe there's, you know, there could be the possibility of some ramifications in the relationship, you know, by all means, bring that, you know, uh, have that glass or two. But, you know, maybe that first time out into the club, you know, make sure you've kind of got that internal limit in mind so that you, uh, the experience stays a positive one from, from that standpoint. Yeah, be more so, aware of what you're doing in that moment. Right. So. And like John said, with the expectation, a lot of times I'll tell them, just, you know, just come in, find a, a fun little spot where you can just kind of, 
take in the atmosphere because you know it can be a little bit of a sensory overload because like we talked earlier we have all these stigmas running around in our heads and you know I know for me the first time I walked into the club you know I thought there was going to be some kind of initiation I mean it was just so (laughs) (laughs) I thought was going to happen and you know what's so what's so bizarre is I walk in and you know everybody's just kind of doing their own thing they're talking in little groups and hanging out and I wasn't the center of attention when I walked you know, when I walked in and not that I was disappointed, <laughs> but when you have that expectation that you are going to be, and then like people are ignoring me. What is that? <laughs> so, you know, it's, you can get that picture pretty much built out, uh, of, yes. out of context. So just come in, sit down, enjoy yourself, you know, soak it all up. And don't be in a hurry. Yeah. And before you even set foot into a lifestyle club, right? You're you're sitting down with your partner. You're like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to go. We're going to check it out, see what it's all about. You know, maybe hopefully not having plans like we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and this is going to happen like this. And like you said, no expectations. But what does a healthy pre-club conversation sound like when two people are talking about going into a club like how would you you know talk to each other about establishing some kind of boundaries or maybe just like a secret code system when someone feels uncomfortable you know what would you recommend for people to include in their discussions like this you know i just i spoke to a friend the other day about it he and his girlfriend are talking about uh going to a club for their first time and he has a lot of fear about what's going to happen when they go with him and how he'll feel about her being with another man. And so I talked to him and, and other couples as well about really having some fantasy talk and seeing how that makes you feel. And then it'll give you a sense of what your boundaries are in that moment, you know, when you're just doing your partner together. And then after you have those boundaries, I mean, literally sit down, you can make a separate list and then come together and sit down and look at each other's list. Um, and then talk about those things and, and, and ascertain which one you're going to feel okay with, which one you don't feel is going to make you feel. Because when you're talking about it, you'll get uncomfortable feelings if it's going a little bit too far. You'll know. And those are ones you're going to, you're not, you're not going to want to go down that path in a club. Save those for future. So I think it's really just about having a conversation about what both partners want and then coming together and compromising. And then as you pointed out, it's important when you feel uncomfortable, because it's, it's difficult for couples to, to, when they're with another group of people, how do we get out of a situation we're not comfortable in without hurting other people's feelings? So that's the importance to having a code word or a signal, you know, tapping your partner on the ear, whatever it is, so that person knows, listen, I'm really uncomfortable. Can we leave this for a few minutes and talk? But it's, if you don't have that, you're, you're gonna, you, don't want to, you don't want to hurt people's feelings, so you just stay in the moment, and the, it just gets worse and worse at that point, and that's where I see problems occur. Well, and t- you know, here's, here's the other thing. We want to think when we're brand new into the, the world of swinging is that there's this, this set of rules that we're supposed to follow. You know, we, we really like people to tell us kind of what we're, what's our motivation? What am I doing? This, you know, this is why we like labels. This is why, why either we have rules in place. And so telling couples, like John said, you can construct 
whatever you're comfortable with. This isn't a race. You don't have to achieve anything uh, in your first visit or your second visit or your third visit. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything that makes either one of you uncomfortable ever. So, you know, whatever that first trip to the, to the club is, you know, just let it be kind of what it is. Usually once you get into doing something, that's when all of the questions kind of, mm-hmm. kind of arise, you know, but I think John makes a great point, you know, um, talk about possibilities that could happen and what you would be comfortable with. You know, John and I, we went to a, <clears throat> we went to a seminar one time and they had a whole group of us sit down and we were to construct uh, what was called a, a pizza, you know, like everybody was going to put their toppings in and what those toppings were, were things that all of these couples were comfortable with or what they weren't comfortable with. It was astounding. And I think it was only four couples, all four of us. We had so much stuff on that pizza, off that pizza. You know, you realize how different everybody is. So that's why it's so important to have those, those conversations to make sure that you are kind of on the same page. Oh, for sure. And to take those baby steps as you're going into it, right? You don't need to rush. You can, there's no rush. (laughs) Chill out. (laughs) Chill out. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like that could be good advice for some of these people that we're going to be talking uh, about right now in letters to Lexi. I got um, some, as usual, some beautiful messages from people who are trying to get a little bit of insight for how they can navigate this ringing lifestyle. So, In letters to Lexi, as usual, I'm going to give you the shameless, no bullshit answer that your friends might not have the titanium ovaries or balls of steel to tell you. No question is ever too taboo or queer or weird, so don't be shy. I love getting messages from you, so keep sending them in. Uh, Lexi at SDC.com. Connect with me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. So this first letter over here is from Brock. H. My wife and I have been together for about 10 years and we've been talking on and off about having a threesome with another woman. It's my ultimate fantasy and I would love to do that with her. My wife recently agreed to move forward with it, saying she was really into the idea. She said she wanted to choose the woman, which I have no problem with. But that was months ago and since then she says she still hasn't found anyone she would want to bring into our bed. Do you think she's just picky or is she just making excuses because she doesn't actually want me to have sex with another woman? You know, it's great because we get, we get questions like this all the time where they're wanting us to try and understand what their partner is going through. And our answer is always, have you tried talking to talking her? Talking to her. <laughs> the, the, the question that you're asking me, have you asked your partner? <laughs> this is that part of vulnerability that I, that I talk about all the time that we can be so afraid of. You know, we, we want to know the answer, but... But we don't. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we don't maybe want to have it confirmed if that's a fear. Because you know, we're not prepared what we're going to do after that answer. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And I say that a lot. I think communication is essential to every relationship. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these questions could be resolved with a conversation, a frank conversation with, you know, with your wife, Brock. Um, I think that would be a really good starting off point. Uh, the reality is we're not psychic. We don't know what our partners are thinking and trying to guess at it is really not helpful. So starting with maybe asking those, uh, her those questions, sometimes as people, we sometimes feel like we don't want to say no to our partner because we don't want to make them feel bad or, you know, we're, we're people pleasers and all of that. We don't want to disappoint them. But it's important to find out if that's 
what she's doing, um, she's trying to placate you, or if maybe she really is interested, maybe she is actually having trouble finding someone. Maybe she's not looking the right places. Maybe her criteria for, you know, the first threesome for her is different than maybe what your criteria might be. So I think because you've both established that she's the one who's going to pick the woman, a fun activity, if she is into it, once you establish that conversation first, is maybe look together, you know, and get a feel for, you know, what is it she, she's looking for, you know, and try to understand her thought process going into it. I think that'll also be a fun and kind of sexy activity for you guys to, to do together if you are into it. Anyway, that's that's my take on that. But yeah, talk. Talk, 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 talk. That's it. The other <laughs> thing is, rather than trying to find, because it, it, it sounds to me like they're trying to find, who knows how they're trying to locate them, but go on the SDC cruise and don't have any expectations and maybe in the, in the, heat of the moment she'll find someone that she likes being in that sexy environment. Because when you're sitting at your desk looking for someone, it's not a, there's, it, there's, there's nothing there to really connect with. You're looking at someone's picture and the description of themselves. I think it's so much easier when you're out there with people and then you have a connection and you go from there at that point. So That's great. Absolutely. So come to our SDC travel events, everyone. It's a good recommendation. All right. So our next letter is from Sarah W., Hi, Lexi. I've been with my boyfriend for five years, but we've been arguing a lot lately. When I first met him in college, I told him I didn't believe in monogamy. He wasn't game at the time, although he said he respected that about me. I continued dating him and fell totally in love with him, and we've been together since. Throughout a relationship, he said he would think about opening up and wasn't ready to do it yet although he loved me. The reality is, uh, though I do love him, I feel very trapped. I don't know if he'll ever understand that part of me or be okay with me uh, while I explore connecting with other people. He knows how I feel, but keeps saying he's not ready for that. I don't want to leave him, but I feel like I'm missing out on living the life I always imagined for myself. What do I do? So again, we're talking about, you know, authenticity, living your best life, living, being authentic and true to yourself. I get that it's complicated because you do love him and he, you know, he's, he's, he says he loves you and I hope he shows that as well. But if this isn't something he's ever really willing to explore then that is something that you really need to evaluate for yourself because how happy are you going to be in a relationship where you, quote, feel trapped? That's not something any of us want to feel. And all that being in this relationship is going to do for you if he's not ever willing to go down that line is build resentment. And that is not healthy. So, yeah, what, what do you guys think? So you have to look at what you're, what you're able to change. And she's, you know, Sarah, you're probably not going to be able to change him. He has to make those decisions on his own. So you either have to accept him for who he is, or you can make a change in your life to achieve what you want to achieve. It really comes down to that's not an easy thing to do, you know, when you're talking about a relationship. But she also mentions in there that they're fighting all the time and doesn't really say, it doesn't say they're fighting about this. So maybe they're having other issues in addition to how she's feeling about, you know, where she wants to be in her relationship. So I don't know, you know, if that's the case, maybe it's more important at this time to focus on fixing whatever the problem is in the relationship that's causing you guys to fight. And then look at this uh, opening up the relationship issue again down the road. Oh, yeah. No, it's I think it's just so complicated when you're talking about one partner being ready to do it, ready to go and wanting to already open in spirit um, and having a partner where it's it's a little bit harder for them to maybe wrap their heads around what it might mean to open up a relationship to do that. Um, So, again, 
communication would be helpful. Talking a little bit uh, to him about what you envision your life being with him if you want to do that. Obviously, once you maybe fix these other problems, like John said, there might be some other stuff going on. And then maybe talk about if this is ever a possibility, then you can make your, your decisions, your tough decisions from there after a lot of thinking about what you really, really want. We have time for one more, actually. I'm going to do one more question. So this one's from Marcy. Please help. I love these. My husband and I recently went to a swingers club when we were on a trip in New York, and we had a terrible experience. We didn't plan in advance on going, but when we got there, we decided to just try it out and see what it was like. To tell the truth, I'd been fantasizing about watching my husband with someone else and experiencing someone else too. While we were there without asking me, my husband ended up disappearing in the club, and I found him having sex with another woman. I felt so betrayed and left him there and went back to the hotel. He thinks I'm blowing things out of proportion because I agreed to go and should have known this kind of thing would happen. Or, sorry, yeah, this kind of thing would happen. She might have said, wanted to say could happen. I'm so pissed at him, but there is also part of me that would like to keep the option of going back to a club like that open in the future. I'm hopeful that maybe this kind of lifestyle could work for us, or at least for me. I know it's a long story, but what do you think I should do? Am I overreacting? So... No, you feel how you feel. You can't control how you feel. You Something happened that maybe that you guys didn't really discuss in advance. Even the potential of going to a club, it doesn't mean that you're consenting to letting him have sex with someone else or being okay with that. You haven't said that explicitly. So I think the first thing, you know, in hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty. but in hindsight, a conversation definitely needed to have taken place before going into a club. Now, that being said, Firstly, it sounds like he really needs to understand that there has to be that communication. He has to be able to respect your boundaries as well. Um, The fact that he's laying it on you, that it's your fault, that you should have known, that is kind of problematic because even if you both go into a club, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's anything goes, right? There are still some limits that you might each want to personally set and set together to make sure that you're having a comfortable experience. So that being said, it doesn't mean that, you know, having a, a bad experience at first, you know, learning from it, maybe talking it over and trying to, you know, see each other's different perspectives and make sure that your husband understands um, that this kind of thing can't really happen again, that you need to have a conversation about where you're, what you're willing to do if you go to a club together like this in the future. Um, that has to happen first, but it could be still salvageable for you guys to continue this in the future if you can make it past this first hurdle. What do you guys think? Yes, I completely agree with what you said. And, you know, it, we were talking about earlier establishing boundaries before you go to a club. I, I can't tell, but it doesn't sound like that was done beforehand. And if boundaries had been set and they were followed, maybe they wouldn't have had this bad experience. And I agree, they could probably try it again, but it's just important to have those boundaries in place no matter what they are. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's hard, right? Because if you don't have those conversations first, even that conversation with yourself and being real with yourself about what you're willing to, you know, to let happen or what, what you're comfortable witnessing or seeing or being a part of or experiencing, if you don't even know within yourself and then you don't communicate that to your partner, mm-hmm. all kinds of problems could potentially arise. So definitely best to nip this in the bud pretty early on. <laughs> you know what? They, we have, each of us has an idea. If we've never been to a swingers club before, what goes on in there? And he may have thought that's what happens. You go to a swingers club and you separate and you do your own thing. And you wouldn't know that unless you had a conversation with him about it. And her 
idea and conception of what happens in the Sphere Club was obviously different. So there wasn't communication there, and that's really key to make a relationship like this work. Ah, oh, thank you for that. So that wraps up our week's letters to Lexi. If you want me to answer your question about sex relationships, you can email me at Lexi at SCC.com or like I said before, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. And then listen to here if I answer your question on my next episode. Yeah, that's how you can reach me. How can we reach you guys? You are doing all the things right now. You are all over the place. Tell us all the places that we can connect with you. Sure. You can uh, find out about our clubs at colletteclubs.com. They're all listed there. Any information you need to know about the clubs and where they're located, hours, pricing, things of that nature. Openlove101.com and our Instagram, Facebook, YouTube channel, all are openlove101. There you can read articles by Jackie and I. We have uh, videos on YouTube that discuss the lifestyle. We have a new podcast that just launched recently, so you can find our podcast channel. What else? Uh, World Love Summit is one of our products where we interview experts in the lifestyle and outside of the lifestyle about different things relating to relationships in general and swinger relationships. You can check that out too. And I really do recommend for people who haven't done it yet is to go on openlove101.com. Check out that ebook I talked about, The Newbie Guide to Lifestyle Clubs. Get it read it. Even if you've already been in the lifestyle, maybe there's some things that you're doing that, you know, could be a little bit tinkered with uh, to increase your uh, your pleasurable experiences. So check that out. And uh, I just want to thank you both so much, John and Jackie, for joining me today. This was a pleasure. I'm so happy we finally did this. Thank you as well. We had a great time. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks for listening, everybody. That's it for this week's episode, My Lectual Friends. Don't forget, you can learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek yourself, discover together, and create moments at sdc.com. Use my promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC and try it out for yourself. Tune in Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America's Variety Channel for my next show. And you can always download my podcast episodes on demand demand whenever you want them on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver, on Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality. 